Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, happy Easter, everyone. Great to have you here for Gateway Online. And I hope that you're really enjoying your Easter Sunday at home with your family, maybe with one or two others, but uh, a day to celebrate with joy the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And we are going to continue our joy series today on this Resurrection Sunday. You know, some of the the normal things that we find joy in at Easter have been taken from us. You know, at at Gateway, one of the uh, great joys on Easter Sunday is uh, the giant Easter egg hunt and kids racing around our properties, our different campuses, trying to find the giant egg. Well, kids, I'm sorry to say we'd already bought the eggs this year but we can't have our giant Easter egg hunt as normal, so I'm going to have to keep it and eat it, and I'll tell you how much I enjoy it. But you know you can know a, a whole lot about something without ever really enjoying what it can deliver you. you. You can know a whole lot about something without ever experiencing the joy that it offers you. You know, I know a whole lot about this Easter egg. It weighs one kilo, one kilo of uh, good chocolate here. And it's got a best before date of the 20th of October this year, so it's going to be no good next Easter. But it's also got 5,258 calories. That means that if I do eat it and enjoy it, I will have to run a hundred kilometers tomorrow to burn off that energy and I'm not going to do that so I'm not going to get to enjoy it. So you can know a whole lot about something without ever experiencing the joy that it delivers. You see I know a whole lot about pregnancy and childbirth. You know I know that uh, at the beginning of pregnancy A uterus is about the size of a small peach. But during pregnancy, it grows to the size of a watermelon. Do you know that the the longest pregnancy ever, 375 days, Mrs. Bueller, she had a really big watermelon. You see, I, I know a lot about pregnancy and childbirth. Did you know that uh, the average first-time dad puts on six and a half kilos when his wife is pregnant? Scientific studies have proved it. Who's sitting on their lounge this morning and didn't need a scientific study to prove that fact? Who out there knows, just jump on the chat right now, that childbirth hurts just a little bit? You see, I I can know a lot about pregnancy and childbirth, but I have never experienced the intense pain or the incredible joy of childbirth. You see, you can know a lot about something without ever getting to experience the joy. And you can know a lot about someone without actually knowing them personally. 
Now just have a take a look at this uh, woman on the screen. You know, who knows her name? The whole world knows her name. It's Megan. You know, who knows her husband's name? It's Harry. You know, who knows her son's name? Archie. Who knows how much Archie weighed when he was born? Seven pounds and three ounces. I think I've gone the last 12 months seeing a photo of these guys and hearing their name every day of the year. But who actually knows Megan personally? You see, you can know a whole lot about someone without actually knowing them personally. Do you know, cultures through the ages, right around the world, have known more about Jesus than any other person that's ever lived. More books have been written about him, more songs have been sung about him, more paintings have been painted of him than any other person that's ever lived. His name is the most famous name in the history of the world. You see, we know a lot about Jesus. You know, we know that he was born to Mary and Joseph, but Mary's pregnancy was a little bit different to everybody other's pregnancy. It was a virgin birth. And when she gave birth, an angel turned up. It wasn't just a little angel that she had. An angel turned up and announced that this baby is going to bring good news of great joy for all people. And we know a lot about Jesus' life. We know that he grew up in, a, in uh, Nazareth. We, we know that he performed great miracles that are still being talked about today. We know that he taught with such authority that the whole world is still talking about his teaching today. It's influenced the world more than any other teaching. And we know that on the day that has become known as Good Friday, right around the world, that Jesus Christ died on a cross to forgive our sins. And on the third day, on, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, that Jesus rose from the dead. That when the women went to the tomb to see his dead body, when they went to anoint his dead body, they did not find a dead body. In fact, they found perfectly folded grave clothes, which proves that Jesus truly is the perfect man. Even after suffering crucifixion, he took the time to neatly fold his clothes and put them on the end of his bed. He is the perfect man. And what they found was not a dead body, but they found an angel that was announcing, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is alive. Most of you know that story. You see, most of us know a lot about the Easter story. We know a lot about Jesus. But you know, you can know a lot about Jesus and not actually know Jesus personally. You can know the story of the one who came to bring good news of great joy to all people without ever experiencing that joy personally. 
Now, in our Joy series, we've been reading through this uh, letter to the church in, in Philippi, in Philippi, called Philippians, that was written by a, a bloke named Paul. And, and Paul knew more about God than any other person at the time. But he realized on one day that he actually didn't know God personally. He actually met the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus, knocked him off his feet, just completely blew his world apart. And this man who knew so much about God looks up at the risen Son of God and says, who are you? You see, it's possible to go through your whole life knowing a whole lot about God without ever knowing God personally. Let me just read a few things from Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 5. He says, I came from a family that knows a lot about God. I come from a family that knows a lot about God. And maybe you come from a family that knows a lot about God, but you can come from a family that knows a lot about God and not actually know God personally. Maybe you've actually been going to church since you were eight days old. But my question for you today is, do you actually know God? I've had this prayer in my heart all week and just a picture that I believe what's going to happen in lounge rooms right across you know, our nation today as, as, as families literally come home. I, I believe that today is going to be a really exciting day in some homes as prodigals come home. As young people say today in front of their family, I'm not just going to rely on my family's faith but this is my faith, that Easter Sunday 2020, in this crazy world that we're living in, this crazy coronavirus world, is the day where I'm deciding not just to know about God, but I want to know God personally. I believe that's going to happen today. But you can be in a family that knows a lot about God, but not actually know God personally and you can know a lot about God's word but not know God. Paul says in verse 5 he says in regards to the law I was a Pharisee and the Pharisees were experts in the law. In fact Pharisees would memorize the first five books of the Bible. If I asked you today you know who can tell me what John 3:16 says a whole bunch of you right now in your lounge room would be saying, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You've memorized that verse. But what if I said, what does a Leviticus chapter 11 verse 20 say? Have you memorized that? Well, Paul had. You know, Paul knew God's word better than anyone, but he didn't know God, Leviticus 11 verse 20 says, Don't, do not eat insects that have wings and crawl. Even the thought of eating them should make you sick. That, that's good advice. 
you know, when this rhino beetle climbed in to my new office in my shed during the week and died, he was a winged insect that crawled. I thought about eating him, but then I remembered Leviticus chapter 11, verse 20. Do not eat winged insects that crawl. The thought of eating them should make you sick, and so I didn't eat it. You know, none of us have memorised that verse. You might know a little or a lot about God's Word, but you didn't know that. But Paul did. You know, Paul knew a lot about God's Word, but he didn't know God personally. And I don't know whether you know a little or a lot about God's Word today, but my question is, do you actually know God personally? And you can know a lot about God's rules, but not know God. He says in verse 6, As for righteousness based on the law, I was faultless. You know, Paul knew the 613 laws in the Old Testament and he obeyed them. Not only had he never eaten a winged insect that crawls, but he'd never eaten a bacon and egg roll. He'd never eaten spare ribs with barbecue sauce. I mean, that's a sacrifice. And he made those sacrifices to follow the law. Paul knew a lot about God. He came from a family, he knew a lot about God, he knew a lot about God's words, he knew a lot about God's rules. But when he met the risen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus, he realised he actually didn't know God. He didn't know God personally. And you can go through your whole life knowing a lot about God, but actually never know Him personally. You can know the words, you can know the songs, you can know the rules, but never have a relationship with God. Paul did get to know Jesus very personally. And he writes this in chapter 3, verse 8. He says, I consider everything that I once had in the past a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Listen to this. This is his big prayer. He says, I want to know Christ, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. See, I want to ask you this question. Easter 2020. Do you know about Jesus, or do you know Jesus? Do you know about Jesus, or do you know Jesus personally? You know, many people I know, you reduce knowing Jesus to knowing the rules. You know, I'm a good person. I follow the rules. I don't murder. I don't steal. I, I don't sleep around. I don't swear very much. You know, I don't lie except for this, that little white lie. I don't gossip unless I'm asking somebody else to pray about that problem that you have. But, you know, I, I don't eat winged insects that crawl. You know, I, I follow... The rules, the problem with following the rules is you never know where it ends. You never know if you've done enough to know peace. You know, you might be like Paul and me 
and just have a really little list of sins. You know, left towel on the floor, wife unhappy. Packed dishwasher poorly, wife unhappy. Ate one kilo Easter egg, put on six and a half kilos and lied to the whole world, wife unhappy. You might have a little list of sins like me. Or, or you might be like Susan who has a really big list of sins. You know, lie, steal, hate, gossip, covet, swear, doesn't cook for a husband. You know, the, the list just goes on and on and on. Now, I don't know whether you've got a really little list like me and Paul or you've got a really big list like Susan. The, the problem is to have perfect peace with God We've got to have a perfect track record. And I don't think any of us can count on that. I don't think any of us could stand before God today and say, I've never sinned. And that, that's what we need to actually come in to the presence of a perfect God. And this is what Paul realised he says he could never be right with God, he could never know peace with God through counting his own sins and his own good works. This is what he says in verse 9. He says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, rather I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. You see, Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, lived on earth as the perfect man so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for your sins and my sins. doesn't matter how many sins you've committed in the past. Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, actually died for all of your sins to wash you clean. You can count on that. You see, through faith, through faith in Christ, we can know the joy of knowing peace with God. And when we know peace with God, we know true joy. We know fullness of joy. You see, it doesn't matter how many good things i got in my life, when I don't have peace in my relationship with Susan, I don't know joy. And there's every chance I'm going to lose some joy after just telling the whole world about her sins. But you see... My most important relationship on earth, when I don't know peace in that relationship, it robs me of joy. And it's just a picture of our relationship with God, the most important relationship in the whole universe. That when we don't have peace with God, we're robbed of joy. But Jesus came as a perfect man, perfect son of God, to give, be our perfect sacrifice, to give us perfect peace. And on the night before he died, don't have time to unpack it, but in John chapter 16, go and read it. He says, in this world you have trouble, but I'm going to give you perfect peace that no one can take away from you. He says, in this world there will be things that grieve you, but I'm going to deliver you perfect joy that no one can ever take from you. You want to know the joy of knowing peace that Jesus gives us? Stop counting on what you have done or not done and start counting on what Jesus has already done for you. And you can know the joy of knowing peace with God. And you can know the joy of knowing Jesus' power. This is what Paul goes on to say. He says, I want to know Christ 
and the power of his resurrection. You see, you can know a lot about Jesus' resurrection. You know, do you know the names of the women who went to the tomb and found it empty? Mary Magdalene, Mary Clopas, and Mary Salome. Three Marys. Peter and Paul came a little bit later on. But, but three Marys. And Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, she knew. She'd experienced the power of Jesus setting her free from demons, you know, that had trapped her in a life and made her life, you know, small and miserable and filled with evil. And Jesus had set her free. She knew the power. But there were three women who actually went to that tomb and found it empty. Do you know how many people saw the risen Jesus in the six weeks after he rose from the dead? 500. 500 people in six weeks. I mean, if I said to you, I saw Megan and Harry and Archie and Jughead having you know, a burger at Hungry Jack's at the Hyperdome last week, you'd say, you're on drugs. I, I don't believe you. Harry and Megan would be at Grilled at Garden City if they're going to have a burger. But, but, if, but if 500 people said that they saw Harry and Megan, you know, having a hamburger at Hungry Jack's, you'd think, maybe I've got to believe this. 500 people saw the risen Jesus in different places, eating with people over six weeks. And do you know how many disciples lost their lives? because they wouldn't deny that Jesus rose from the dead? Ten. Ten disciples. If they knew the whole thing was a hoax, if they knew they just, you know, stolen Jesus' body to try and uh, create this story that, that Jesus has risen, don't you think one of those ten would, would actually recant their testimony before they lost their lives? You see... We can know a lot about Jesus' resurrection and it's good, we should. It actually gives us confidence in our faith today. But Paul says, I don't want to just know about the resurrection. He says, I want to experience the power of Jesus' resurrection. I want to know resurrection power at work in my life. Like Mary experience being set free from, from evil and from sin and from addiction and from insecurity and worry. Do you know that power? You know, like the disciples, so filled with power that they just couldn't stop talking to people about Jesus. Do you know that power? You know, the kind of power that, that in difficult times, in hard times, you know, actually helps you to be a good husband and a good wife and a great dad and a great neighbour that loves one another as God loves you. Do you know that power? You want to know that resurrection power in your life? It's pretty simple, but it's a stumbling block for many. It simply starts with admitting your own weakness and saying, Jesus, I need your help. Would you come and fill me with power? A lot of people say Christianity is for weak people. It is. It's for weak people who actually can see that they need help. They can see that, that God offers, you know, something better than what we can offer ourselves. You want to know that resurrection power in your life? It's as simple as saying, Jesus, I'm struggling during this time and I need your help. Would you fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit? At the end of the service today, I'm going to pray for you. 
if that's you, because I reckon there's a whole bunch of us right now in these uncertain times, these changing times, these hard times. We need to know Jesus' resurrection power at work in our lives, and he wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you. He doesn't want to hold it back. You can know the joy of, uh, of Jesus' power at work in your life, and you can know the joy of participating in Jesus' purposes. Paul goes on to say, he says, I want to know Christ, I want to know his resurrection power, and I want to participate in his sufferings. You see, Jesus sacrificed his life to help those who are suffering. He sacrificed his life to help all of us that were suffering, to bring new hope to those who were suffering. And as we participate in what Jesus suffered for, as we make sacrifices to help those who are in need and sacrificing today, we can know joy. I've seen this at work over 25 years of ministry, but I've seen it so powerfully just in the last few weeks during, you know, all of the the difficulties of this coronavirus. You know, I've seen people up at our care centre where we're giving out parcels of food to people in need. I've seen people driving in who have a job saying, as long as I've got a job, I want to keep sacrificing and giving away, you know, food and household goods to those who need it and I've also seen some that have lost their jobs and said hey I want to give my time to help others in need in this season and I'm watching people just filled with joy as they make sacrifices to help those that are in need as a church, if you've been around Gateway for a while, you've seen the joy that we've found in seeing in our, our Bloom Training Centre in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, see girls rescued from trafficking and giving hope for the future. And many of you watching online today have given very sacrificially to see this happen, to see girls get new hope for the future. And in this hard time in the last few weeks, Do you know people have given over $35,000 to keep Bloom alive while these girls are unable to work in a cafe in quarantine right now and are more vulnerable than ever to be re-trafficked? It's not only these girls that are finding great joy, but I'm hearing stories of you finding great joy as you sacrifice for those in need. And I've watched it happen in neighbourhoods. I've heard stories of people just reaching out to their neighbours to, to give, to share, to, to, to make sure those that are lonely have got someone to talk to on the end of the phone. This is the time for the church to be the church. And I'm watching the joy that you're finding in actually serving those that are in need. You're participating in what Jesus suffered for. You're participating in his purposes and you're knowing true joy. And I want to encourage you as we start these Alpha Online courses, you know, again in just a couple of weeks' time, why don't you invite some of your friends to actually, those you live, work and laugh with, to join us for Alpha Online because there is no greater joy than when all of heaven celebrates with those who come to put their faith in Jesus and you get to celebrate with them. There's lots of opportunities in this season, church, to participate in what Jesus suffered for, to participate in his purposes and know true joy. Paul says he's going through a hard season himself. He's lost a lot. He says, I just want to know the joy of knowing Jesus more and more every day. 
And I hope that's your prayer in this season as we go through this difficult time. I hope you could echo Paul's prayer and just say, I just want to know Jesus more and more every day. He says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I think this is a verse in season for us. We've experienced more loss this Easter than any other. People, places, parties that we would normally find joy in being taken from us. And when we lose what we value, where do we find joy? I want to encourage you to turn to Jesus. There is a joy in knowing Jesus that can never, ever be taken from you. And there'll be some of you that are being robbed of joy right now, not because of what you have lost, but because of what you've done. And you're kind of thinking, because of what I've done, I can never know Jesus any more than I do right now. I could never know intimacy and joy that others talk about because I've messed up so much in the past. I just want you to know this morning that that is a lie from the pit of hell. The man who wrote these words was going around murdering Christians before he got to know Jesus. You see, Jesus does not operate on an economy of merit He operates on an economy of grace. And he's here today on this Easter Sunday just saying, I want you to know me more. I want you to know more of my joy. I want you to know more of my peace. I want you to know more of my power. I want you to know me more. I'm never going to hold back my joy. I'm never going to restrict my joy. I'm never going to isolate you from my joy. No matter what has been taken from you, nothing will ever rob you of my joy. I hope that your prayer is the same as Paul's prayer in this season. And you're just saying, in this season, I just want to know Jesus more and more. I want to introduce you to someone today that many of you got to know a lot about last summer. He scored four centuries for Australia. He smashed a million records and uh, is here with us today. He's part of our Gateway Church family. Would you give a big welcome to Mr. Marnus Labashane? Give him a big hand online. Come on, a few love hearts in the chat. Say good day to Marnus. Mate, we've got to keep our 1.5 metres social distance, but uh, great to have you here today, mate. Uh, it's a real joy to have uh, you and Beck and your families as part of our uh, Gateway Redlands campus. And uh, it's been great just to watch uh, your successes in, uh, over the summer and uh, seeing you celebrate with great joy as we celebrated with you. But, uh, mate, you did grow up in a Christian family. You grew up knowing about God, but you actually came into a personal relationship with God yourself. Just tell us a little bit about your relationship with Jesus. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Firstly, um, yeah, I, I was very privileged um, to grow up in a Christian family. Um, you know, went to Sunday school, grew up knowing Christ and, and knowing a lot about God, just like you said. Um, and, and for me, you know, th- there was never a time without God or without Christ, but th- there was definitely a time where I, I remember um, vividly um, I got baptized when I was 17. Um, and I remember that there was that time, you know, between, let's say, 15, 16, 17, where I really um, yeah, decided, you know, look, I want to take this step. You know, I knew I had that sort of faith that was, 
you know, that I learned over time, you know, growing up in a Christian family. But um, being able to then give my life to Christ at, at 17 um, was sort of that first step that I made um, for, for my faith going forward. Awesome, mate. And uh, we, we've watched you just uh, be a man of integrity under the spotlight and uh, really honour Christ in the, in the way that you go about playing your cricket and, uh, and interacting uh, with the media and with the general public and just really want to honour you for the way that you've done that. And you've had heaps to celebrate over the summer. Uh, lots of celebrations, lots of joy. But like the rest of us, you've had some hard times in your life. Hasn't always gone to plan. How has your relationship with Jesus helped you in the hard times? Yeah, um, it, it, it's always very easy to see all the joy, um, you know, especially in sport. You know, you always see the good moments and, and people really don't always see um, the behind the scenes. Uh, when you're nicked off three times in a row, when you get a duck on the boo and you don't think you're going to get another run for your country. Um, so, so those things aren't always seen. And, um, you, you know, where I think faith is brought such a big part of my life together is, in, is especially in those times, also in the joyful moments, but in those times where I can really look back on, um, sorry, fall back on Christ and, and actually go, look, you know, it's not going very well now with my cricket or, you know, I'm not going too well, but, you know, there's more to life than just playing cricket. Um, there's more to life than, than sort of hitting a cricket ball and, and you know, especially because I, I can, you know, I love cricket, I love, I'm entrenched in it, I do it now even in lockdown in the garage and stuff like that so for me it's just understanding that that faith and that you know that Christ is there and and being able to fall back on those moments and the tough times and understand that you know there's more to life than than obviously just sport and and, and whatever your job is you know not just not just in sport that's good, mate. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's, uh, he's always there. Great promises. And, mate, just, just lastly, I've, I've talked to lots of mum and dads that have uh, just been so blessed by the fact that their kids have got a role model to look up to that not only loves sport and loves cricket, but, but loves Jesus and is a real follower of, of Jesus. And we've got a bunch of young people uh, online uh, today. It's great to have you with us, guys. And you're making some big decisions about about your future and about your faith. You know, just maybe imagine, you know, a bunch of 17-year-olds, 20-year-olds out there listening today. You know, what encouragement would you give them about their future and about faith? Yeah, um, I think faith has played such a, a big role in my life for many reasons. Um, I think I was very blessed that God put on my heart this real love for the game of cricket and, and I've been able to really follow my dream and, and really give everything I have to my dream and I'm very thankful to my parents and everyone that's been involved in that. Um, yeah, I would really just say that to, to, to anyone, you know, it doesn't matter what your passion is or, or where your love sits, if it's in sport, or if it's in, you know, IT or, or whatever it is, but that, that real, you know, find what you love and, and, and use that for, for the kingdom of God. I think I, I really feel that, you know, that that's what God's called me to do um, over you know, my life so far and just to continue to, to seek him um, in, this, you know, in this time where you are able to you know, be a little bit more in the spotlight and you know, to, to always think you know, it's about him, it's not always about you. Yeah, that's good, mate. It's uh, 
great to uh, just to hear the genuineness of your faith. It's been great to celebrate with you all of the, the victories on, on the cricket field and we wish you all the best uh, for the future. Hey, why don't you just jump on the chat right now and say a really big thank you, push a whole bunch of love hearts and say thank you to Manus for joining us on thank Easter you. Sunday. Thank Thanks, you very mate. Much. Thank you. Cheers. Young or old today, whether you're into sport or IT or whatever it is that you're into in life, can I encourage you this Easter Sunday, don't settle for knowing about Jesus, but actually choose to know Jesus personally. Know the joy of knowing Jesus now. You can know the joy of knowing Jesus now. This, this photo coming up on the screen right now is my great-grandfather, Private William Ellsmore, born in 1890 in Newcastle and served in World War I in the army. He came back and he married Margaret and they had two daughters and a son. And the son was my grandfather, born in 1924. He came home injured in 1918, but alive. I, I know a lot about my great-grandfather, but I never got to know my great-grandfather because in 1927, he passed away at the age of 37. Not only was I robbed of having a relationship with him, but so was my dad and so was my grandfather, who was three years old at the time. That's what death does. Death robs us of the joy of relationship. Death robs us of the joy of our closest relationships. It robbed my grandfather of the joy of a relationship with his earthly father. Death is our greatest enemy. It robs us of our relationships, it robs us of joy. But on that first Good Friday, Jesus took on our greatest enemy. He took on death on the cross. He died on that cross. And just to make sure that he was dead, soldiers, you know, pierced his side with a sword and he was carried to a tomb and he was wrapped in a dead person's clothes and he was placed in a tomb and it looked like death had won. Looked like death had won the victory. It looked like for all of Jesus' family and friends, the relationship was over. It, it was gone. They'd never know him Again, they were weeping. They went to anoint a dead body. But the reason that we don't just have to settle for knowing a lot about Jesus is because when they went to that tomb, that tomb was empty. There was no dead body in that tomb. Jesus had taken on our greatest enemy, death, that robs us of relationship and he won the victory. He rose from the dead. He defeated the grave. Death could not hold him down. The grave had no power over him. Death has been defeated. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and he is alive today. If he had have stayed dead, 
all we could do was know about this man named Jesus that lived. But because he rose from the dead, because he lives, we can have a relationship with him today. And just like Paul, we can get to know him more and more every day. We can turn to his words. We can sit in the stillness and listen to his voice. We can experience him as we participate in his sufferings and know his power at work in his life. In in this crazy time that we're walking through, in the midst of heartache and pain and sickness and disease, because Jesus won the victory over death, Nothing can ever rob you of a relationship with your heavenly Father. Nothing can ever rob you of the joy of knowing your Father in heaven. Death has been defeated. I want to encourage you today. One day, Jesus will come again as King. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more disease. There'll be no more plagues. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more mourning. There'll be no more death. All that will be done away with. He will create life and life everlasting for us to enjoy forever, for anyone with faith in him to enjoy forever. I want to encourage you this Easter Sunday, don't settle for just knowing about Jesus. Know Jesus personally. Know the joy that he came to give you. Good news of great joy for all people. You see, you can come from a family that knows a lot about God, but not know God. You can know a lot about the words of God, but not know God. You can know a lot about the rules that God's put in his word, but not ever know a relationship with God. I want to encourage you today to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Stop counting on what you have or haven't done and start counting on what Jesus has done for you on that cross in forgiving your sins and rising from the dead to give you new life, new birth, new hope, new joy. If you don't know that relationship with God, you don't know that joy of knowing Jesus, of knowing your Father in heaven. I'd love to lead you in a prayer today. I'd love you, once you pray that prayer, just to push the button on that screen, just saying, I'm deciding today to follow Jesus. You might be a young person in a family and you're just going to let your family know today you're making that decision. You might be someone who's turned your back on God all of your life and today is the day you're making that decision. You might be a person who once knew Jesus but you've walked away and you've been doing your own thing and you've been thinking your big list of sins is going to stop you from coming back to Jesus. Jesus wants to forgive you today. He wants to give you joy today. I'd love to, wherever you're at, if you want to make that decision to know Jesus personally today, just push that button. And would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. I ask today that you would forgive my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross for me. And I believe that he rose from the dead and is alive today. 
And today I receive that new life that he offers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, can we just put our hands together today for everyone who's prayed that prayer? Just push that button and just said, hey, I'm, I'm making that decision today. I want to know the joy of knowing Jesus right now. I want to know it today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you during the week and just help you get going in your relationship with God. But maybe you're here today and uh, you do know Jesus, but this is a hard time. And right now you just say, Jesus, I need your help. I need your power. I recognize my own weakness. I need you to help me in my family. I need you to help me in my neighborhood. I need you to help me with this addiction that I'm going through. I need you to help me with this anxiety I'm struggling with. I need your power and I need your joy. If that's you today, just just reach out your hands. I'd love to pray for all of us today. God, I just thank you. I just thank you that you hear every prayer. God, you hear our heart cry that just says, I'm weak and I need your strength. I need your power. God, would you come today? Would you help mums and dads that need power to lead their families? God, would you, would you help people leading businesses to just receive your power and your wisdom to know how to move forward? God, I pray for those that are struggling with anxiety and with addiction. God, would you pour out your power today by your Holy Spirit? God, would you give us power to overcome the troubles that we're walking through right now? God, fill us with power, I pray, in Jesus' name. Hey, we're going to finish today just singing a great song about death being arrested, death not being able to hold down the power of the risen Jesus. Why don't you sing it along in your lounge room? I'll just let these words wash over you today. Alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope, no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested, my life began. Oh, ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life began. is over me. You have made me new now. Life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down on us. You have I'm a prisoner no more My shame was a ransom Faithfully more He canceled my debt 
Rejoiced as though heaven had lost. Sunday when death was arrested and new life began. I pray that you'd know the joy of that new life that Jesus came to give you this Easter Sunday. I, I pray that you just know the joy of knowing Jesus now and forevermore. I pray that you'd have a day of great joy with your family, whoever you're with today in isolation. I pray that you still get to have an Easter egg hunt and uh, open some eggs together, celebrate together. This is a day of great joy. This is a day of great celebration. Some normal joys have been taken from us, but no one can ever rob you of the joy of knowing Jesus and knowing a relationship with your Father in heaven. Be blessed this Easter Sunday. See you next Sunday, Gateway Online. God bless, Gateway. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.